0: The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. You're listening to Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Fascinating interviews and compelling conversations. Be present. The Diane Ray Show. Welcome everybody to the show. I'm so glad that you could join me today because I have an amazing guest and I'm really happy to introduce all the Unity Online Radio listeners to her. You know, social media gets a bad rap a lot of times for some things like it's taking over people's life and people are slinging uh, nasty responses back and forth to people. But The good thing about social media, you know, it really is an amazing way to make connections with people that you would never meet otherwise. And this is how I met my guest today. I had been scrolling in Instagram and noticed a mindset and manifestation coach and teacher from the UK named Fiona Drake. And she had so much energy. And you can tell she loves what she's doing and she has fabulous hair and, and personal style. <laughs> so I thought, okay, this is someone that I need to follow and, and check out her posts. And so we've been following each other and uh, keeping in touch on social and so I'm so glad that she can come on today and and talk to everybody face to face. So welcome Fiona, Thanks for joining me for
1: the show. Thank you, Diane. What a lovely introduction that's so nice. Thank you very, very much. Well, it's so great that we're able to connect
0: and share your work with the Unity listeners and anybody else who happens to catch us, you know, either live or on the podcast. So first, I'd like to find out a little bit more about you. I mean, I've been spending some time on your website and reading over your work, and I really love to hear how people are drawn to this kind of work, to being a coach or a life coach, because there's usually a really good story behind it. And I bet you have one as well.
1: Certainly it's been a journey. Let's put it like that. So, um, I'd been in the working world for many, many years, maybe more than two and a half decades. And I remember leaving school and going straight into the working world and, um, really started to work my way up into the corporate world. And I was latterly working as a sales and marketing director and I loved my work. I've always loved working. I've always loved serving and achieving and gaining those results. And I went probably in my early forties, I was achieving I was achieving the results. I was enjoying what I was doing, but I wasn't necessarily doing it in the most smart of ways. I was working lots of long hours. Um, I was feeling slightly overwhelmed. Um, and outwardly, I always say this, outwardly I was bossing it, but inwardly I was I was hurting. Um, and I think what happens is you get to a stage in your life when if you're not paying attention, if you're not... Um, making the decisions, then your body will actually give you a little bit of a wake-up call and a shake um, to shake you out of maybe this unconscious situation that you're in. And that's exactly what happened to me. So it was a Friday evening after a busy week at work and a, a busy week to come. And I was in no way, shape or form present. And I remember I was watching a movie and then During this movie, all of a sudden, my heart started to palpitate. I started to feel quite scared and overwhelmed. And I was in the throes of a panic attack. And that, to me, was the catalyst for this whole journey and this whole pivot that I made. Um, Because then that made me start to look at what was I doing How was I doing it? And then um, I left on that Friday evening after having this panic attack. That was the sign for me that I really needed to make some change. And I did immediately the following week to come. I was leaving work on time and I was coming home and deciding to watch some trash TV because I could. But I realized that for a few weeks, That wasn't nourishing either, but it was exactly what I needed. And then I moved into meditation and mindfulness and realized just how amazing this was for me, how calming it was, how it was bringing me into the present and allowing me to live in the moment and realized that how beneficial this was. And this was the start for me is that if this was having so many benefits for me, maybe it could have so many benefits for other people. So as well as me doing this um, as sort of therapeutic for myself, I decided to go and retrain. And I retrained in meditation and mindfulness. And then I started to do small workshops, one-to-one meditation and mindfulness lessons. And that's where it started. So that was like the start of my self-development, my personal development journey. And it's just accelerated since that point. But I think sometimes it takes an epiphany or a wake up call for you just to sort of check yourself and assess where you are and what's happening in your life. And that's exactly what happened for me. So basically the kind of the student became the teacher, right? Like you
0: were studying these things to benefit yourself. And then you decided to, you wanted to be
1: more in service and and help other people. Yes. And then I started to read a lot of books. I started to read a lot of self-development, personal development books. And that's when I came across Louise Hay and realized I, I bought the book, You Can Heal Your Life. And that was really transformational for me because that made me see that I had to take some personal responsibility for my life, that I played a part in this And how could I start to create a different reality? How could I start to call in something different? And I realized reading this book and how transformational it was, how powerful it was for me. Then I realized that I could actually go and train in her philosophies so that's exactly what I did. And bearing in mind at this time, I was still working in the corporate world, but realizing there was something different. There may be more to life than the corporate world that I'd always known and loved. So I then retrained and I got qualified in um Louise Hayes modalities. And that was very transformational for me. And again, I started to do things like workshops and um, gatherings and women's circles and things like that. And it was that that started the process. From then, I moved into um, learning more about the law of attraction. I was already into the law of attraction, but what I was doing, Diane, was manifesting unconsciously. So I was calling in lots of long hours overwork, a million emails, everybody wanting a piece of me. And actually I realized reading the likes of Louise Hayes' books and other um, pioneers out there, other self-help um, pioneers, and that I could actually start to manifest and call in what I actually wanted to experience, not what I didn't Want so that was the real change for me, right. so it was it was massive a massive realization, and this journey probably went on for a couple of years, so a short container of time for a huge amount of learning and development and reframing and understanding the power that we have as individuals to create and call in something different if we want to um so that was where it really started for me.
0: i That's so great to hear that Louise was such an influence. Yes, definitely. For, for and, obvious reasons for me. <laughs> yeah, of course. and Because I love that, uh, you know, that you read the book. I mean, I remember when I, I first read You Can Heal Your Life. And then it was, you know, years and years later, and I reread it again. And I think, you know, it was like 10 years or so in between that. And it still holds up. Mm -hmm. It still holds up today, something that was written, you know, back in the 80s. And I know there's been, and, and since then there's been, you know, a lot of criticism that Louise kind of oversimplified things or that it's impractical or, you know, even dangerous to believe that you can. You know, change your health, or that affirmations are simplistic, and that kind of thing. But I, I, I mean, I just think, like looking back, overall, like those messages are still way more beneficial than it could have been harmful. I think to, to anyone, you know, and especially the work she did around the AIDS crisis, you know, was was so profound.
1: And you're absolutely right. That book is one that I recommend all of the time. It's almost timeless. And sometimes being simple is easy because then it's accessible to people at different levels. And even those people who have then developed their journey or understanding can still pick it up and take something from it. So it's always a book, probably like you, that you have on the, on the bookshelf that you will refer to again and again. And I remember you talked about healing there. I remember going back a few years I started to get some pain in my knee and I went to the, went to the doctors and they did a scan and they said, you've got no knee, um, cartilage behind your kneecap. And I went for a second opinion. They said the same thing. And it was almost like, well, in a little while, you probably have to go on maybe some steroid injections or maybe then have a knee replacement, this, that, and the other. And I actually thought to myself, do I accept this scenario. Can I do something different? So then I started to affirm how strong and flexible my knees are, how strong and supportive my knees are. And here we are. So that was, that was a long, long time ago. And here we are in 2021 and I deadlift and I squat and I walk up mountains. I was told never to wear high heels again. Well, high heels are my, one of my, um, things that I have to do so I (laughs) it is and what I want to sort of portray here is that I could have accepted that situation and gone down and followed that scenario but what I did was I actually thought what can I do to send love to this part of my body that needs it right now. So that's what I did and I supported it and I sent good energy to it and I talked positively about it. And so I affirmed if somebody talked to me about my knee, I said things like, my knee is healing. And so what I'm accepting there is there might be a limitation, but I'm not actually saying the words, I have a problem with my knee. Because of course, it's also what goes into our subconscious as well. And so what I wanted to do was open up the potential and possibility for something different to happen.
0: Yes. Yes.
1: That can be so life-changing. I'm
0: curious, what industry did you work in uh, prior to doing this? Did
1: you do sales or? Yeah. So I was a sales and marketing director in a manufacturing business in kind of industrial products. So very, very different, always worked with senior managers who were generally male. And so my journey from coming out of the corporate world, I stepped out of the corporate world at 45 Um, and quite a bold thing to do after years and years of being in the corporate world and then realizing that I could do something different. Again, I had a limiting belief Here I was in my early 40s. I can't learn something new. I can't learn a new discipline. I've got all my knowledge and wisdom and I'm damn good at it. But to learn something new, I don't think I can do that. And then I realized when you have an interest and a passion in something and your interest is piqued, guess what? You soak it up like a sponge. doesn't matter what age you are, what background you are. You can learn and you can learn new things new skills new disciplines and that's that's what i did so i stepped away from the corporate world at 45 set up my coaching business and the lessons that i learned around um creating my reality um how i spoke to myself the words that i used the thoughts that i used to think i took all of these tools And realise that if these have helped me and helped me create a new potential and something different, then maybe I'm called to help other women in business, in uh, entrepreneurship, that there is a different way, a smarter way, a better way of doing things. And for me, yes, I made some quite... um, strong changes in my life, but actually you can make some slight adjustments in your life and start to see improvements. So really now what I do is I work with female business owners, entrepreneurs, women who are birthing their new venture, their new passions, um, their hobbies, their ideas, to see the potential in what's available to them And help them with looking at what they're saying, how they're saying it, and aligning words, thoughts, actions, feelings to create something different and create a new possibility and potential. And so, yeah, really, really different. And if somebody had told me 10 years ago I'd be doing this, I literally would have said, no way. I'm in the corporate world. I'm really good at that. I do what I do and I'll be there till I retire. But actually, the universe had something different planned for me, which is amazing. And so the, the lesson is that when, for me, I got this curveball, I had this panic attack, which was not pleasant at all. But it thankfully, it was only a panic attack and I took paid attention to it. But actually, what it shows you is that there are so many lessons, so many things you can learn when curveballs come or when challenges come. And it's reframing that, what is this here to show me? What is this here to teach me? And that's what I did is I looked at that scenario and thought, this is here for a reason. This panic attack has happened because I'm not prepared to stop. So my body is taking control for me. And that's how a lot of people will experience that is through a a physical
0: issue. A lot of times uh, a, a death in the family, a loss of a job. Um, uh, you know, a major life event will sometimes be the catalyst for that kind of transition. And it's so great that you were able to answer that call and and make that shift, because I know there's a lot of fear around that sometimes. You know, you said you had like kind of this steady gig, you know, that was doing doing well. And I think a lot of people will stay in that comfort zone, even though they want to do something else. And you're busting those myths that you can't teach an old dog new tricks. And, you know, you're just kind of stuck. You're going to be stuck in that situation. And I'm just curious kind of to bring it to, you know, current times what we're experiencing now. I mean, just this whole unprecedented year that all of us, you know, you're in the UK, I'm here in San Diego, you know, all of us are experiencing it to different degrees. And I'm finding it so interesting where I see some women that are trying to make shifts, they've lost a job, they're in that that transitional period, then there's other people that have, have embraced it almost like, oh, I can relax now. This is giving me permission to stop, you know? And I'm wondering if you're seeing that too
1: um, in the people you work with. Yeah, for sure. And, um, you know, it's funny because people say to me, if you knew then what you knew now, would you have stepped out of the corporate world if you knew there was a global pandemic coming? And hell yes, I would have still done the same thing. But what I saw, saw a lot of this last year um, I saw a lot of people who were having like enforced breaks or they may have been out of uh, out of a job or they may be now working from home. But this period of time had given people the chance to think and reflect. Who am I? What do I want to do? What am I really here for? Am I fulfilled? So I actually started to work last year with quite a lot of people to really understand what they were passionate about and what was what could be their purpose and calling? So, yes, I've seen a huge amount of people really being thankful for the time to pause and reflect. And then others with major challenges. Um, but again, it's it's what are the opportunities? What is this trying to teach you? What can you pull out of this? Um And I think when in times like this, very often businesses are birthed. And I think going back to like the 2008 crash, so many businesses started then that are now global businesses. So it's really, again, looking at the opportunities and looking at this time that might have been given to you to reflect and work out who you are and what you want to do and what is serving you and what isn't. So a massive time for change and reflection. Um, so yeah, really, really fascinating uh, experience that I've had over the last. Yeah, really. And I wonder even-
0: what will what we'll be seeing. Yeah, I mean, as far as like ideas that have been percolating over this time, or people that have had the chance, like you said, to slow down, reassess, reflect where they are in their lives. Like, is this really what I want to do? Mm. And is this the opportunity that that's been given? You know, I, I have a chance to make a change. So we really can reframe what's going on with this pandemic to,
1: to work for us. Yeah, absolutely. And I think so many people are now looking at their lives and that's why somebody like myself in a coach capacity is vital right now because an individual may have some ideas but may need that hand holding may need those c- powerful questions to be asked, may need that accountability, may need um that real connection with someone to help them birth something or create something new, so I think that's why you know the the coaching side of um coaching industry has really boomed in all different aspects all different types not just life coaching or mindset but in so many different niches because there is a real need and a real calling for this so yeah fa- fascinating um and I always did a lot of my work face-to-face and, and loved the in-person networking and groups and bringing people together. And I'd always used Zoom a little bit, but of course, you know, the technology that's been available has made the world so much smaller, and we've all been encouraged to get on a screen now. So, you know, it's a little bit of a double-edged sword, isn't it, the Being on a screen is not necessarily the greatest thing, but boy, aren't we blessed that we have this technology at this time so that we can make these connections. We can collaborate. We can have community all over the world. And I think that's been a real, a huge um, benefit and bringing people together and actually making even more opportunity for connection where maybe we might not have had that. So again, it's seeing the the positive in what otherwise is, you know, a fairly challenging situation.
0: Right. Seeing the possibilities. I mean, in your opinion, do you feel that now is a particularly good time to be an entrepreneur or to start a new business?
1: I think... I believe in the power of divine timing and if the timing is right for you, it will happen and you will make it happen. Um, as I said before, I think in times of challenge like this, those who are bold and courageous enough and see an opportunity and see there is a need and see there is a um, a way of being of service, definitely, definitely, it's a great opportunity to to birth something new and create maybe a new business or a new venture um but it's really tapping into what is needed right now and being intentional about what that business could look like if you set up a business rather than I'll have a go at this I really believe in the intention and um the authenticity around what that might look like. And I think that's where I think it was for me is that I saw if I went through this, there are going to be lots of women out there feeling the same way, high achieving women, directors in business. If I can share those tools so that I can teach them from what I've learned then wow isn't that just an amazing thing to be able to do and boy i've loved the freedom and the choice that it's given to me um i'm fairly self motivated anyway and again I'm, I'm 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 i consider myself to be fairly dynamic and um, creative so it's really played into my hands you know the being in an entrepreneurial position because i have I've been able to flourish. And yes, at times it's scary. Of course it is because the book stops with you. Um, And, you know, at the beginning of the pandemic when everything was sort of announced, yes, everybody contracted and everybody didn't know what to do and nobody spent any money for a little bit of time. And yes, I felt some of that fear, but I worked through that and released it and then saw people relaxing a little bit more and seeing, okay, this is, might be here for a little while. So what can we do to, um, optimize it and learn, learn from it? So yeah, really fascinating year or so, to be honest. Yeah. I think people, people are going to look back at this time. And I
0: think the word that I kept, that I keep hearing is pivot, Mm -hmm. right? You have to be able to, you know, dodge and weave and bob and weave a little bit and, and maybe make some changes maybe i mean i've seen businesses that have that have thrived businesses that have failed i don't know i'm sure a similar thing is going on in the uk although the weather is a little colder than we have here in california you know restaurants that have tried to survive are pushing everything outside you know they're building erecting these little areas where kind of moving things actually into the street in a lot of ways so it's just kind of making you know, making those shifts and be able to, uh, make it, make a decision that's going to work for you. I'm talking with Fiona Drake and she's a mindset and manifestation coach and teacher from the UK, just uh, an amazing energy. And we're just going to take a short break and then chat a little bit more with Fiona. I'm Diane Ray. Thank you so much for listening. We'll be right back. Glad you found us. This is Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Welcome back to Be Present, The Diane Ray Show. Welcome back to the show. Thanks for joining me after the break. I'm talking with Fiona Drake, and she's a mindset and manifestation coach and teacher. And we've been just chatting about, you know, the unprecedented crazy time that we're in finding opportunity. In this time and making it work for you and making shifts and changes. Now, you primarily work with women.
1: Do you work with some men or is it just mostly women? It is mainly women. Um, and I think it really is to do with being able to have a strong message because we're always encouraged to niche down. We want to help everybody, don't we? We'd love to help everybody. But actually, when we try and help everybody, We don't necessarily create a kind of pointed messaging. So for me, I identify, basically I helped the woman I was three, four, five years ago. And so that's why I'm really connected to that and why I choose to work with women, because I believe I'm best positioned and best placed and understand that kind of woman. So of course, in that instance, you get the best results, because you can identify and you've walked that walk as well as talk the talk. Um, So yes, I have worked with some men and of course it's worked well, but actually really the vast majority of what I do is work with female business owners and entrepreneurs and um, senior leaders.
0: Well, and thank goodness that you're there. (laughs) We need you. Thank you. We need you.
1: Thank you. And it definitely is a wonderful place to be. And it is, so rewarding, and the connections that you make, and the transformation that you see incredible women have, um, really is a pleasure to to be able to facilitate that and create that space. And I, that's one thing that I really love is creating the space for women to be seen and held and heard, and to speak um, to speak openly. And know that what they say is going to land and be received. And I think that's a really lovely thing about my my job is just seeing these incredible women who are already amazing anyway, who are already successful in business and achieving. But with tweaks and nuances, we can transform them to be even more powerful. So, yeah, it's amazing.
0: Well, I wanted to ask you about that because the coaching program uh, that I was reading on your site, like you said, you're working with women who uh, many of them already are business owners or senior business leaders. And to the outside world, maybe they seem already, oh, you're super successful already. You're perfect. What do you need a coach for? And I think that's a big misconception because there are probably some very unique challenges That these particular people are facing Mm -hmm. that, you know, someone that's in their 20s or just starting out, you know, that's a totally different place to be. So maybe um, you could expand a little on some of those unique challenges that women in that position face.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I do want to say that some of the most successful people out there in the world, some of the biggest movers and shakers have coaches so it doesn't matter how successful you are how amazing or entrepreneurial you are how influential you are everybody who is anybody um, has a coach and so what I am seeing is yes I'm seeing incredible entrepreneurs female business owners who are successfully running their business but maybe are not balancing quality time with family and running the business um, Maybe not um, experiencing their passions and their hobbies like they'd like to. Maybe there's some inner critic that comes up or self-sabotages. Um, maybe there are some limiting beliefs around visibility, getting visible in your business. So got invisible on social media, putting your message out there, telling your story. So these are the kind of things that come up. Um, so getting visible. Balancing time, feeling fulfilled, and balancing the commitments of maybe having a family plus running a business, but also being an independent woman in your own right with your own needs and wishes and desires. And it's balancing all those things, knowing that is entirely possible to be able to do that. And very often, if they're like women like I was, and I was do, do, do all the time, action taker, foot on the gas. It's opening up the possibility and potential for actually, if you, eased off the gra- if you eased off the gas, if you actually left something to work its way out, what will happen? And of course, that's a quite a difficult thing to do if you are used to making things happen, and getting things done, and then to surrender and allow. So we come back to this whole masculine energy of putting your foot on the gas, taking the action, getting stuff done, making the decisions. That was me in the corporate world. I got stuff done and I did it by that kind of approach. But how long can you can, can you sustain that level of intensity? And this is the beauty is, is now I start to talk about, okay, so femininity is receptivity. It's getting into flow. It's getting into fluidity. Um, and not always having to get involved in everything and solve everybody else's problem and rescue everybody and actually realizing that if you step back, guess what? Others step up. They then play their part. You give them the space to demonstrate how they can take responsibility. So it's all these slightly different things that when you're in it, you're almost in the trenches, you're out there, you're doing the job, you're getting the do- you're getting the job done, that actually what happens is you become less mindful about the impact that you can have. I was one of these women that as soon as I heard something across the office, I'd go and try and sort it out. And actually the reality is that does nobody any favors, <laughs> least of all me, but also- right. only- In the relationship as well. So I hope that answers your question. But those are some of the things it's really about knowing that you can achieve even more by easing off the gas sometimes by allowing. And we know that the minute you make space and the minute you step back, guess what? Something might come in that's even more in alignment with you or even more in alignment from that's going to serve you even more. Whereas when we try and control outcomes, I want this result, we hold on, we get so fixated with that, that we leave no space for anything else to step in that might be even bigger and better and more juicy. So um, those are the kind of things right. I'm working with my clients on, is that flow and fluidity, that receptivity, and how... The use of language and how you're thinking. I was one of those women that was, I've got, I'm real, I've got so much to do. I've got a million emails. Everybody wants a piece of me. And guess what? And so it is. That's what's going to happen. That was what played out for me. But as soon as I started to say things like, I always have more than enough time. I know that everything always works out for me. Guess what? it then opens up the potential for it to work out in maybe ways that I had not even figured. So it's fascinating. Right. I love that message.
0: It really is. And it's really, uh, it's it's striking a chord with me, what you're saying. I I totally relate to that. It's funny because I'm at my desk and I have a little, you know, piece of paper that has this Lao Tzu quote and I had it on my desk the whole time I worked at Hay House. And it says, do you have the patience to wait until your mud settles and the water is clear? Can you remain unmoving until the right action arises by itself? And I would read that every day. (laughs) And it was so hard for me to do that, to sometimes, like you were saying, let the mud settle, the answer will come. And I just read a great article recently about how Steve Jobs and Bill Gates and some of these other really powerful business leaders made it a point to do nothing you know they had dedicated time set up to daydream or nap or you know whatever and you would think these high powered type a people would not do that but it's so necessary and especially for women because like you were saying we try to be the masters of the universe oh i'll fix everything dun, dun, dun. you know and we have the cape and everything And it's so easy to fall into that trap Mm. and yet so detrimental because like you experience we'll get panic attacks, heart attacks, gain weight, anxiety, depression, all of these cascade of physical things will happen when we just need to learn to stop. Mm. And it's funny because if my husband came in and heard me saying that, he would laugh like, let's take your own advice, you know, but it, it is, uh, It's something that you have to be conscious of to bring that mindset into your life. I wanted to ask you something I thought was interesting. So a few years ago, like back in 2013, Sheryl Sandberg, the COO of Facebook, wrote a book I'm sure you're familiar with called Lean In. And it was a big bestseller. Then it started to get some backlash. And actually, Michelle Obama came out and said, this message is wrong. Women can't expect to have it all and and not have something suffer. And I just was wondering what you
1: thought about that. Had, had you read that book, Lean In? Are no. familiar with that? I haven't read it, so I don't necessarily know the premise, but I'm assuming it is about having faith, is it, and leaning in and...
0: Right, like basically she was saying that if women worked hard enough and asserted themselves enough, they can thrive at work and at home. Like she was saying you can have it all. And then some of the criticism was, well, wait a minute, is that really true? Isn't something going to suffer? Right? Is it really possible for women to have a a fantastic career, you know, this high powered job, putting all that energy in that, and then go home and and give the same amount of energy to your personal life, to your children, your husband, and all that?
1: And the criticism was, well, I don't think that's possible. I think it's the definition of what working hard is. So working hard could be always showing up, going in early, leaving late, answering all the emails, solving all the problems. But actually, could working hard actually be working hard on doing nothing, working hard on doing a meditation? So my belief is that you can have the life that you want and not everybody's desires are going to be the same and nobody's measure of success is the same. One woman could, could measure success with money. What Another woman could measure success with time. Another woman could measure success with free time and vacation. What it, what does success mean to you? So I think there's a bigger question about what, it, what does having it all mean? because my having it all will be very different to your having it all. And what I've realized is, yes, I'm motivated by money. I always have been, but now I'm also motivated by having freedom to make decisions about, do I go for lunch with my girlfriends? Do I see my family? Do I want to have a lay-in this morning? So I suppose it's what does having it all mean? And for me, having it my having it all now is maybe very different than it was five years ago. So we're always evolving and we're and my five years from now will be different of what having it all means. So I think it's when you can learn some of these tools around how you talk about yourself, how you speak about your life, what you want to call in you can adjust it as you grow as a human and, and as an individual and as a woman. So I don't know whether that answers the question, but I think we're so different in what our needs are and how we measure success, what our barometers are. So yeah, I think it's fascinating. I really right, do. It's a right. fascinating subject. No, that's,
0: that's interesting. It is. And, and you're absolutely right where and especially for women where maybe some women would look at the the woman that's a stay-at-home mom and go, oh, I could never do that. You know, she's, she's doing nothing all day, which we know is not true. You know, those women are incredibly busy and, you know, engaged and, and many of them, they're very happy doing that. And that's their measure of success, like you're saying, and it should be very individual. A- absolutely. You know, not, not everyone, their measure of success is not going to be a high powered promotion or something like no. that. And, and you're so right. Like that will change and morph, you know, over time where like for me now, uh, absolutely it's freedom, you know, time is the currency yeah. that I, I really want. And if I can have time, and it's it would be, mean a little less money. Okay, you know I'm I'm okay with that. So yeah, I think what what you're saying, like we really have to be aware and ask ourselves those questions of, well, what's important to me? What does success mean to me? Do I want more time with my kids? Mm. If 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 you have kids, you know, do I want that promotion or maybe to leave entirely like you did and start another career? You know, because life really is so short, right? I mean we we get this one chance as far as I know some people you know say we might get other lives I'm I'm curious to see if that's the case but right now this this is my life
1: yeah so and, yeah and, I like that and you were talking before about sort of creating time and Steve Jobs creating space this is something else that I want to share as well is that very often all the answers that we have are within ourselves But we're so busy sometimes or so active that we don't stop to actually listen to the inner wisdom that we have. And that's where something like meditation and mindfulness, going out in nature, pausing, doing something that is mindful and rhythmic, whether that's dancing or running or even washing the dishes, whatever that might be, it creates that space for little whispers of wisdom to come in and ideas and uh, inspiration. So I do think that is so vital for us. Um, It's certainly been vital for me to have that time to pause. So I did want to add that because I know we talked about that a little moment ago. No, I'm curious in your own personal practice, because
0: um, meditation for me, I guess, started I mean, I was always a daydreamer, you know, but never really meditated, right? And I remember when I was younger, I was a doodler and I would draw all over things and my mother would get so angry that I wrote all over my schoolwork because I'd do little cartoons and just daydream. And then as I tried to learn meditation, as I got older, I would stop and start. So are you have you been able to really bring a regular meditation practice into your life and your schedule and, and how has that worked? Has it been really beneficial?
1: Yeah, it it has. And meditation for me is something I do on a daily basis and I can do guided meditations. I can do visualizations. I can do um, manifestation or abundance meditations. I can do breath work, but it's having just that time to pause. So for me, you know, one of the first things I'll do with my clients is get them into some form of daily routine that works for them. Because when you get into a daily routine, particularly when you wake up in the morning, you're at your most receptive. You've not got caught up in the day's activity or you've not caught the news or anything like that. So you can top yourself up with lovely nourishing things, whether that's some form of movement, meditation, affirmations, Louise Hay's mirror work, um you could do some visualization. So, yes, for me, for me, it really is um, about having a routine because that routine is all about raising your vibration. It's about getting you into a peak state so that you start the day with your best foot forward. Um, so I always love um a routine, and I also find something like People often say to me, "But I really struggle with meditation, my mind is going, and of course, your mind goes, your mind wants to think, it thinks depending on what you read somewhere between seventy and ninety thousand thoughts a day, and often those are repetitive aren 't they um, but actually, for me, standing in front of a mirror in a gym lifting weights is a form of meditation because there 's nothing i i can 't be thinking about the past or the future i 'm literally in the present moment." looking at my body, watching my form, feeling that mind-body connection. So that for me is a form of meditation. And for some others, meditation might be, as I said before, running, or it might be dancing, or it might be gardening. So it's finding what brings you into that mindfulness, that meditative state that isn't necessarily seated, closed eyes, breathing, and um in a, a sort of traditional meditation so i think it's opening up the possibility of doing something slightly different that works for you right so there's no hard and fast
0: rule you know you don't have to do okay 30 minutes a day twice a day uh that kind of thing where i think you're right like that might t- turn some people off or make them think that they'll fail at doing it when you really can work something into your life. And there's so many neat apps. There's like Insight Timer now and, you know, the Calm app and even just like using my timer on my phone, sometimes setting like 10 minutes to just, you know, sit and breathe. But you're right, consistency really is an important part. Just something that you're doing regularly and and allowing yourself that time to do it. And also
1: doing something that is sustainable that you can commit to. So not getting into a, right, I've got to do an hour. And then knowing that you're never going to get an hour in that morning because you've maybe got three little kids under five. What works for you and what is the best timing for you? And even if it's 15 minutes, what can you do in that time? And then not getting into um, stress about the fact that it can't be done. So it's finding what works for you because we're again we're all individual so what works and what can you sustain so it's more important to try and sustain something than try and ec- overextend and do something that really isn't achievable but any form of of habit like that is nourishing and nurturing and if it can be done then great right you know i'm curious that
0: just to get your perspective because you speak internationally and i'm sure you've worked with people in the us and people in the uk so i mean i know a lot of my friends are very type a they don't take a lot of time off no vacations and we look at people in europe and we're like germany takes a month off wow you know like that to me is heaven i mean what what differences do you see in in working with clients do you see european european people have more of a priority in, in take, making time? Are we Americans kind of
1: behind in that? It's really fascinating you ask that question because I see no difference. Really? I see, uh, no. I haven't seen any real cultural difference in how we show up or times or... I think we all, we're all human at the end of the day, aren't we? And we all have our frailties and we all sometimes um have that inner critic or that self sabotage or that uh, imposter syndrome i don't think there's any borders as far as that is concerned i think it you know I, I do a lot with subconscious reprogramming and a lot with limiting beliefs and reprogramming those limiting beliefs and we know that by the time well until we're seven we're soaking up everything we don't question anything and then once we got to about seven we start to then Why does this happen? What is that? And we start to question. But actually, a lot of what I do is look at how we can reprogram the subconscious, those commands that we might be thinking around I'm not good enough, but I can't make money. I uh, don't deserve a relationship. Um, I'm not as clever as my sibling. All these things that come up. I see that whether I'm working with a woman in America, a woman in Europe, or a woman in the UK. So, I see very similar things. I see incredible women who are showing up, creating an amazing business, but actually to take them just to that next level, a little bit of work, a little bit of inner work, subconscious reprogramming, understanding your commands and being aware of what your ability is to create can take these women to the next level in their business. So yeah, fascinating that you that's asked that so question great. because I don't, I don't necessarily it see is. many differences.
0: <laughs> I was curious about that because it always seems to me that Europeans seem to enjoy life more. You see people in Italy, they're loving their food and they take time off. You know, like I mentioned Germany, which to me, like, that's amazing. You take a month off in the summer. Wow. I would love that. So it's, it's interesting that you, you see a lot of similarities though, too. And, you know, it's been so cool to talk with you, Fiona. Um, I want to make sure we have some time to talk about your program, just a minute or two. And I want to send people to your website, Fiona Drake, D-R-A-K-E dot com. And you're offering a 12 week program. And is that kind of an ongoing thing that people can opt into anytime, or is it starting at a certain time or how does that work?
1: Yeah. So with my one-to-one program, it's a program called my Game Changer Program, and that's a 12-week program. And that takes the client on a real journey of transformation in those three weeks to start looking at their goals and their visions and working on some of those limiting beliefs. And essentially what we're doing is up-leveling business, life, health, wealth, relationships, whatever the client wants to look at. And so there is a framework within those 12 weeks, but actually it's very bespoke to the individual depending on what they are looking to achieve. So I will create what I call a discovery pack, which is about eight, eight pages. And it looks at goals, it looks at mindset, it looks at um, what might have worked before or what the client might have tried before. And from that, we create a framework and a plan to work through these 12 weeks. And it's amazing to have a 12-week container. You can actually do a lot in 12 weeks, a lot of transformative work. So it, that is is—it's one of the loveliest things about the the role that I have is building these relationships with these amazing women that you forge very close relationships with because – you're working with that length of time in that three-month container and you're seeing this individual bloom and blossom even more than they were to start with. So, yeah, it's it's fantastic, yes. And it's, yeah, so that's my one-to-one Game Changer program, my three-month program, my three-month container. And I'm very proud of it because it creates some amazing results.
0: Well, I urge people to check this out and to work with you. And I love what you're doing. So I'm glad that I could uh, introduce you to the Unity crowd. And, you know, if people need some help, women out there, you're the person to call. So definitely head to FionaDrake.com and see what Fiona has to offer. And thanks so
1: much for spending some time with me today. Thank you, Diane. It's been an absolute pleasure and honor. I've been following you for years, and it's so wonderful to have this time with you. So thank you so much.
0: Thank you for listening. This is Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Hey, it's Radley Valentine. Join me for a brand new way of connecting with your angels on my new podcast, The Angel Tarot Show. exclusively on mindbodyspirit.fm.